Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. To all who come to our happy place, welcome to the No Guilt Disney Podcast, where we have no guilt about our love for all things Disney. We are three Disney fangirls who probably know more about Disney parks than most grown women should, and we are perfectly okay with that. Yep, 100%. (laughs) You know it. (laughs) Hello, everyone. My name is Teresa, and you can find me on Twitter at Gertie the Dino and on Instagram at Insightful Life. I'm Jane, and you can find me on Instagram at RealMouseWifeWDW and on Twitter at RealMouseWifeFL. Hey, y'all. I'm Patty Holiday from NoGuiltDisney.com and No Guilt Travel, a travel agency that specializes in Disney and Universal vacations. You know, when things aren't totally bizarre world, <laughs> that is. <laughs> uh, we are still booking, though, so if you're interested, you know, you know who to talk to. You can find me on all socials at NoGuiltLife. Now, we recognize that right now, everyone is wondering when the parks are coming back, when the ships will start sailing again, and then, of course, what all of it, what will it look like when it does? I mean, there's all kinds of rumors and suggestions on how the parks might reopen whenever they do reopen. Have you guys seen some of those discussions out there? Yeah, I've seen talk about that it might it'll be in phases or they'll have um, they'll lower what the capacity is in different areas or change just some of the processes that they have. But it's I think right now it's all speculation, especially the timeline for when it's going to be, because I I think it's going to be inconsistent. Like, I don't think that the U.S. parks will both open at the same time. I think it just depends on in each of those states how things look and I guess broadly how everything is going. Yeah, I've seen a lot of chat about virtual queues and changes to how queues overall are going to be working. But, you know, none of it is coming directly from Disney. So who knows at this point? Everything changes on a daily basis. And so much of that, too, I think is dependent on... Because with just the cast cast member situation, how many are able, to, how many employees are able to have at a time? So right. I think there's absolutely going to be a lot of changes when it reopens, but it's it's so hard to comprehend what that could be. And on that note, we want to throw out some of our major major no guilt love. We love you guys so much, Francisco's. The news is heartbreaking. We know it is. You guys, we know that you have a lot on your plate to think about and consider and whatever, but we just want you to know we saw it. We we heard the news too, and we're thinking about each and every one of you and hope that you can make it back to the parks just as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. You guys. So yeah, like I said, you know, we recognize that it's all weird. We don't know when it's going to happen or anything. Uh, and the weird, the weirdest part of all of this is that Disney has taught us, has ingrained in us, those of us that go as often as we do, to plan out so much of your trip so far in advance. I mean, 
you should probably start talking to a travel advisor like a year in advance for certain big weekends, uh, big weeks. You know, if you want to go at a Christmas time or whatever, it's never too early to start talking about that, for example. But here we are, you know, we're going to be looking at whenever these parks do open up, very short-term planning, short-term turnarounds. Uh, You're not going to have that, you know, big, long lead-in like we normally do. Yeah, I'm I think it's everyone knows by now I'm I'm a bit of a planner. So for me it's hard especially not not necessarily even knowing the details about how things are going to work, but what what time frame am I planning with? And even once there kind of is a time frame for planning, you know, what does that how does that impact the dates right now? It's what it's the, it's 180 days to book dining and either 30 or 60 days to book your fast passes, depending on if you're staying on property or off property. Uh, but so at least I have questions like, well, will anybody really have that 60 day window to book their fast passes if, you know, depending on when they decide to open and start to let people book these things. So yes, it's, it's hard to either make any plans right now, not knowing the timeline, but also knowing what plans you will be able to make, how much, how quickly is everybody going to jump on all of these things? Well, the good news is I'm here and I will teach all of you how to do this like a local because (laughs) we don't get 60 day windows. (laughs) True, true. (laughs) Now, I'm not as much of a planner as I once was. uh, So I also feel like I have some good tips on those short turnaround times too. And I particularly have some ideas or some suggestions for showing up at the park when you have zero plans. Like, walk in that morning and you're like, I got nothing. (laughs) Uh, I've done that a couple of times. And actually, those are some of my favorite days. So plot twist, you don't have to plan everything down uh, to a science. Even though Disney tells us that's what we need to do, you can still have an excellent time at the Walt Disney World Parks and Disneyland Parks with zilch going in. And of course, Most of this is going to be in relation to Walt Disney World because Disneyland, you you don't really have to plan there uh, for the most part. I mean, you might plan some dining, but that's kind of it. You don't do the fast passes in advance. And um, other than having a general idea on if you want to make that uh, sprint to Peter Plan's flight or not in the morning, outside of that, it's kind of wide open. So uh, we are going to concentrate on Walt Disney World for these tips, right? Yeah, I think for the most part, it seems, like you said, Disneyland caters a little bit more to the local crowd. So I think, yeah, with Walt Disney World, they they emphasize the planning aspect of it a little more. They sure do. Yep. Yep. All right. So, uh, Jane, you want to go first? What is your first thought? And again, guys, we're also just talking in general, even if it has nothing to do with this uh, short turnaround from coronavirus opening and closings and whatever. We're going to pretend like... You're just a regular person who found out they could go to Disney on a 30-day short turnaround notice. Pretend this is not Bizarro World. Pretend this is not 2020. (laughs) And uh, these tips hopefully will help you if you have one of those trips come up in the future. Yeah, and they they definitely will because, like, I'm going to tell a story. A friend of ours, Mike, Patty, you know him. Mm -hmm. um, He came down a year ago with his family. It was a planned trip. And then, but he was like, well, I'm kind of really not stressing about planning for it. And wound up coming down here with no fast passes, no reservations. I mean, obviously hotel, but at the end of the week, I was like, 
so like what did you do like did you did you get on everything like you you have three kids like oh my god and how did that work out for you Mike (laughs) he got on everything everything you could imagine all of the top tier rides um you know they were able to do and they really um I think the best thing was which is where I'm going to start with is plan to get up early and if you want to do those top level rides get up early do rope drop which is park opening um you want to be there as soon as possible so that you're able to really get in the line and get those rides out of the way so first thing if you want that's the best of the best rides get up early simple as that <laughs> you know and that's that's actually really smart one one note to make about mike mike is not like mike Mike's DVC, Mike's been to Disney a bazillion times. So he wasn't going in totally uh, un- untrained, right? Uh, so if you're listening to this and it's like, oh, I can go to Disney with no plans whatsoever and get on all the rides, let's keep that into perspective. You can. <laughs> you can. And as Jane said, it will cost you sleep. You have to be there early. And I and I think I 1,000% back up that whole thing because I've done that. I have struck out. Probably for the last, I want to say, year, year and a half of getting flight of passage, uh, fast passes. However, I have scored flight of passage by showing up at rope drop and doing that banana pants experience. And I was like number six on the ride a couple of times. But I was there an hour early and in line and it was it was crazy, guys. So you also have to realize that if you do the rope drop thing for certain rides, it's also going to be kind of intense and kind of crazy. Flight of Passage is one of them as a heads up. The other one uh, would be Slinky Dog is 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 another really intense experience. But even like you said earlier, Peter Pan. Um, oh, yeah. You, wanna, you know, Peter Pan's a big one. Snow White, the mine train. That's another mm-hmm. big one. That's that another big like one for. Yep. I yep, would say yep. that the rest of the mountains, you probably don't have to worry about Magic Kingdom. Mm-mm. Um, but yeah, you'll be able to get on be... those pretty easily. But yeah, you're right. Those are probably the big call out ones uh, to point out to. Uh, yep. All right, Teresa, what you got? Well, say I'll I'll stick with um, attractions at the moment. So one of the things that I've done when I've been with a group of people, especially if you're looking for fast passes. People drop fast passes all the time throughout the day. So even mm-hmm. if you don't have something, you know, the the day before, if you if you don't have an attraction you've really been looking forward to, just keep checking throughout the day. I think early in the morning you have a little bit of a better chance. But I've even like I said, when I've been with a small group, I've had one or two other people with me, and we've each looked for individually um, a fast pass for one person. And occasionally, because you know there's a certain allotment per time frame, so occasionally if you look for just one person at a time, you can find one. You'll get one at ten fifteen. Someone else will get it at ten thirty. The other person at ten forty five. So you can still all ride the attraction together because you will have overlap within your window. Um, but so if you're not finding something for your entire group, just look for smaller portions of that group and you might luck out. That is an A plus high level tip is if you look in, in smaller groups, groupings, or you look um, at slightly different times, you have an hour window for your fast pass. So even if your fast pass starts at 10 and your friends doesn't start till 1055, y'all can ride together. 
So keep that in mind and uh, be creative about that. Don't freak out if you can't, you know, ride all the rides in advance as you once were able to do. Uh, There are definitely some techniques that you can uh, put in. And like Teresa said, definitely start checking those fast passes first thing in the morning, like 7 a.m. You want to check every day. And then the one other thing with attractions, if if you do have some extra money, uh, one thing you could look at doing are the the hard ticket. I don't know if I want to call it an event, but they have it's the early morning magic or the Disney after hours where it's an additional cost to your park ticket, but it allows you to get into the park either early or stay late and you will have a window of just those other people with that that special ticket um and basically because it's a smaller group of people, the attraction lines are a little bit shorter. I know that like uh, you mentioned Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is a really popular attraction that's available as part of the, the Fantasyland early morning magic. I think Slinky Dog is for um, for Hollywood Studios. So and these are separate from the, the extra magic hours that resort guests can get. Like anybody can buy these tickets, uh, but just something else to consider if there's certain attractions that are really, really important to you and you don't have a fast pass for them, but you want to make sure you and your group can all ride together uh that is another option to look into yeah and on that same note uh something else that you could also look at again if you have the money to spare or the nerdiness and the hours to invest because it's so worth it is signing up for uh tours Yes. A lot of the tours the out tours. there. Oh, I love the tours. You know what? We need to do a whole episode on tours now that we have opened up that genie. I don't know why we hadn't thought about that one before because I don't think it was on our list. So that's going on the list, somebody. Uh, but the tours are great. And your Disney love and heart will just be like so filled and it's worth every single cent. I have not ever been on one that was not worth it. But for example, the Keys to the Kingdom tour, uh, I think we went on Haunted Mansion and we went on Jungle Cruise. I think those were the, when I did that, those were the two we went on also. Yeah. So those are two that, again, you know, I'm not saying it's the best way to plan an attraction, but it's outside of thinking. And that's my segue to what I did. I guess it was about, I guess it was about a year ago uh, during Star Wars half marathon weekend last year. uh, My, uh, the girls that I was rooming with were having a late start in the morning at, well, I mean, one of them had an early start. She ran the half marathon. Um, (laughs) But the other one uh, was just not getting up and moving. I wanted to get up and get moving right away. And that's what I did. I got up, I went straight to Magic Kingdom and I was there. It was uh, extra magic hours, I believe, that Sunday at Magic Kingdom. I just kind of had that in my head that I walked in and thought that I had 15 or 20 minutes of extra magic hour to get on all the rides. So what I did instead was I stopped and I talked about, I talked to the tours to see if there was anything I could do then. Cause I had zero plans. Uh, I was going to meet up the girls at some other point, but I had no idea when they would get into the parks. And so zero plans, nothing, no food, no uh, fast passes, just nothing was going on. But there I was in magic kingdom. And I was like, this is kind of the, I don't know, an interesting experiment to see if you can still have a good time at the Magic Kingdom with zero fast passes on a fairly busy day. Because it was already, even though it was extra magic hours, it was busy. (laughs) It was getting busy. Uh, So I discovered the tours were already sold out. So I struck out there. But I was able to get brunch 
uh, at the palace, which I was excited about because I got a mimosa in Magic Kingdom and that made me happy. Uh, and then from there, I went and I did stuff that I, you know, walk by usually on my way to other things. For example, I took a lot of time just kind of hanging around the castle and looking at the mosaic that's in there. Has it? Have you guys ever done that before? It is an incredible work of art, and the piece I do that frequently. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I never slow down. I'll admit it. I'm usually like cruising straight through there. I don't stop, or it's too crowded, and I don't. But I took some time, and I took some pictures, and I took some close-ups, and I was just blown away at how intricate it was. While I was standing in there, I also found all these little details and touches that they have built into the castle that have to do with Cinderella. And so I challenge you to slow down and take some time uh, around the castle and really look at all of those things that are there. Then I decided to walk over and I rode Carousel of Progress because I could. I could just walk on and do that. From Carousel of Progress, I got on the People Mover without a problem. Uh, from there, I think I did teacups and then I rode the carousel. And then I made my way to Rapunzel's bathroom area and I hunted Pascal's. Have you guys ever done that? I've done it here and there. I know I have not found all of them. Yes. <laughs> so. there's, a, there's a certain amount of Pascal's, the little green lizard uh, from Tangled, uh, that are hidden all around that area. And I, I probably spent an hour looking for them. That's something I would never waste my time or money on at Disney World. But it was so awesome. It was a blast. There were other people doing it. It wasn't just me. And so that was also fun to watch little kids get really excited when they uh, would find them or adults like me when I found one. Um, <laughs> so it was uh, just something very different. And I really, I knew there were, you know, games like that at Disney that I'd I had never done. And another thing I still to this day haven't done is the Sorcerer's uh, game, the, the, the card game. I haven't done that yet. So all kinds of stuff you can do and you can have a great time at Magic Kingdom without a single plan or fast pass, but get there early. I still say, I still agree with that aspect is that you're going to have more opportunity if you get there early. Oh, and then I went to Tom Sawyer Island who, I mean, I don't, I hardly ever do that, but I went yeah, to Tom that's Sawyer Island. And that's what I haven't done there. in years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely something I would say. Do you guys have any good tips for food, for reservations? Uh, like, if you can't get into this, you could try this, for example. One of my best ones is this mostly pertains to the resort dining. Um, a lot of the uh, signature restaurants will share a kitchen with a lounge that is right next door to it. So for example, I know we have some Ohana fans on the podcast and in the audience. Um, mm -hmm. But so Ohana, I think we may have mentioned this in a previous episode, but Tambu Lounge, you can actually order some of the menu items from Ohana at Tambu Lounge. So if you're not able to get a reservation there or the times don't work out with you know, what the rest of your plans are, you can go to the lounge and order some things. I think uh, another one is Yachtsman Steakhouse over at the Yacht Club and the Cruise Cup. I think that there's, there is some overlap or depending on what the item is, even if it's not listed on the menu, again, because if they share a kitchen, you may be able to ask nicely and see if they'll, they'll help you out. <laughs> yeah, always ask nicely. <laughs> I'm a big fan of um, finding some of the different options that are at quick service. I think um, one of the things through the years is that Disney's gotten a whole lot better with their quick service options. 
that you can get a lot of quick service that's really good. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You are 100% right. Yeah. Yeah. So I know as much as Patty um, hates it, uh, Satuli is great in Animal Kingdom. <laughs> Hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, not enough to get her thrown off her own podcast, but <laughs> nope, can't do it. <laughs> Sorry, can't y'all stuck it. with me. <laughs> but that's a really great one. I also really love Flame Tree Barbecue is a great quick service, and um, now they have the regal beagle uh regal eagle smokehouse (laughs) oh my god quick service every time you mention that i want to go get barbecue now it's like the texan in me can't help herself you say barbecue you say regal beagle not regal eagle you say regal eagle and i'm like ooh, barbecue i need some now in my belly Mm, mm." yeah i mean i just I think when you don't have reservations, it's a great time to really look at what the other options are that are out there because, you know, quick service doesn't just have to be hot dogs, hamburgers, and chicken fingers the entire time. So there's a lot of great options for that as well. Oh, for sure. And what I love about the quick service is you can also get great options uh, with the uh, mobile Kids app. Menu. Well, oh. yeah, kids menu too. No, 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 no. That's, kids menu. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good option too. Kids menu is kids menu rocks. But I'm talking mobile ordering, y'all. That is that's my where most, my mind was going. Yeah, it's my most favorite thing that Disney has ever invented. I used to really, really love uh, Magical Express and how my bags would magically show up in my room. Because if you've ever seen me pack, I way overpack every single time. Um, but now it got bumped by mobile ordering. I love to be able to walk on my way to the restaurant, order, click the button, and walk in and wait maybe a minute. And then they're like, here's your food, Mrs. Holiday. And I'm like, thank you. And then I get to go fill my face and I love it. So, And I think uh, that's especially great for people who aren't as familiar with the parks or what restaurants are mm-hmm. available because you can check right in the app. You can, without having to go from one place to another to find something that everybody will like, you can look in the app and you can, you know, you can place your order while you're in attraction for another ride or you can find a spot and then, you know, have your family go, go pick at a table and then one person can go get all the food rather than having everybody waiting in the line and trying to get everybody figuring out what their order is. So this is, like I said, another great option. If, if you are somebody who has to, to plan a quick vacation and you're just not as familiar with Disney, keep in mind that there's so much information in the app itself that it's, you know, at your fingertips for the most part, your entire vacation, make sure you use that as much as possible. So along the lines of the fast pass situation that we had talked about earlier, another great thing is you can check for dining on off hours where you can find availability, but also due to the cancellation being 24 hours before, a lot of people cancel ahead of time. So that 24 hours before you go, you can sometimes find great reservations. I mean, in um, February when Patty was coming, we recorded a podcast, talked about Ohana, got a little hungry, (laughs) and I got a reservation for five days later. So it can happen. (laughs) And it was good. (laughs) It was good. So, yeah, no, no, that's uh, that's actually a really good tip. Uh, I don't know. Anything else that you guys can think of for short-term turnaround, um, good planning options? My my actual answer is just go with the flow. There's a lot to do and a lot of things 
that you can try and you can experiment with. And there just might be rides that you don't typically go on that I pull up the app and I'm like, hey, this one has a 10 minute wait. This one has a 10 minute wait. This one has a five minute wait. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. We're going to go do all those three, right? And I've never been on a bad ride at Disney. So, you know, it's not a bad thing at all. Uh, It just may, I think, I think uh, the lesson for 2020, it is maybe change your expectations or things are not going to look exactly the same as we once thought they would. When the parks reopen, it could be that certain attractions are down or not running for whatever reason. So again, there may be some flexibility and some bobbing and weaving that we got to do and making some changes there as well. So I, I think just being flexible is another really good tip when you are planning a, a short, quick turnaround trip like this. Or even for any any Disney vacation, because things, like I said, even with attractions going down, things can happen at any point in time. Um, so I think that's like, it's just a good reminder for anytime you're planning a Disney vacation to be flexible, try to go with the flow as much as you can. And um, keep in mind, I think we're going to talk about this more in an ep- another episode later. There is so much Disney magic that you can get without going into the parks. There's not even just looking at Disney Springs or things at the resorts. I think there's also there mini golf, um, but there are so many options outside of the parks. So if you're if you're not finding the things that you want to do within within a theme park, um, we will do an episode later with options for just how to get the most out of Disney outside of the theme park. Yep. Yep. That one's coming. That one's coming. All right. Well, anything else, guys? I think we're good. But if you have tips to share from home, please go ahead and join the No Guild Disney Facebook group and you can share the tips there. We're going to keep talking about them. And don't forget, Thursday night, we are doing our very first uh, game night, No Guild game night. And that's going to be in the Facebook group as well. So be sure you guys join us also there. Nine p.m. Eastern time, right? Thursday? That's right. And make sure you join us each week on the No Guilt Disney podcast, because as Patty likes to say, it's no fun to fangirl Disney alone. Bye, y'all. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.